Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazoo, live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the NBA Exchange. Your host, as usual, Dexter Henry. It's going to be a fun Wednesday because there's so much to talk about. NBA trade season is here. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with my man Michael Scotto about players we should look at, but we talked about that important date of December 15th when now about 80% of the league is available to be traded. So we're going to talk some more about that because this is the start of trade season. A lot heating up in terms of that. Speaking of heating up, COVID is heating up. And that ain't a good thing for the league right now at all whatsoever. We are going to discuss that also. And last night, there was some history made in NBA. Unless you were under a rock or not a big NBA fan, you might have missed that Stephen Curry became the NBA three-point king. A lot to talk about there as well. Y'all know what day it is. It's Wednesday. It's the day. Where Well, we never do this on the show. There's never any hot takes. But today we talk to my man, Gerard Hector. He joins us for NBA with Nuance. Gerard, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? How you feeling? I know, you know, it was your Knicks last night that gave up some history, but how, how you feeling? Well, well, you know what's funny? I'm actually glad you brought that up because I feel like we should talk about this. Because I had a friend of mine, he texted me last night and he said, you know what, man? I love seeing this stuff, like the history being made and Steph, you know, breaking the record. But he's like, why people always got to do with an MSG? Why, why do we always have to feel this? Why do Knicks fans always have to see this? When are the Knicks going to have a player that makes their own consistent history at MSG? And I said, I understand how you feel. <laughs> I understand how you feel. I wasn't mad about it. I hadn't really thought about it that deeply, but I understood his point. I mean, the last player y'all had that was of that ilk was Pat, right? I mean, yeah, that I was mean, breaking Nick records and and doing all sorts of stuff. And it's been you a know. minute. I mean, the, the Pat Ewing era has been a minute. Yeah, that's that's a while ago, and that makes me <laughs> that makes me feel old. That really makes me feel old. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you think about it, like, damn, everybody comes in and brings their own history to MSG, and I get I get it, Gerard, right? Like, people love playing at MSG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful place to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like playing on a theater. You know mm-hmm. the fans are going to be into it. I think one thing you could take from last night that we'll get into is, you know, when you see this from the Knicks fans that are in the crowd, Knicks fans appreciate good basketball. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, they haven't always got that all the time. But they appreciate <laughs> good basketball. 
and they will appreciate great moments, even if it's for the opposition. The one thing they won't do is you will not hear them chanting MVP for some other player in their own arena. <laughs> y'all know who y'all are out there. <laughs> doing y'all know who you are. Dex, that sounds like a subtle shot at the Clays crowd. <laughs> mm. Mm. I didn't say no names. I didn't name any arenas. I just said there are people out there that know that they do this. And I don't feel like that's the thing to do. But if that's how y'all get there. Okay. That's how y'all That's get that. You, you know what's funny about MSG that you mentioned? It's also yeah. one of the advantages that the Garden has is, is that the Knicks have played on that hardwood for a long time. Um, It's one of the few – I mean, it's not the original place the Knicks played, but they've been playing there since oh, the late 60s, early 70s, right? So, like, that, it's it is – it has that history, right? Because there's so many newer arenas in the league now that don't have that. And then forget about basketball. Think about all the great sporting events that have happened inside the garden, the great boxing fights, like all those different things. It's the great historical moments in sport, period. So that, you know, it's corny, but like when you walk into the bowels, you get it kind of it's got a different energy to it when you're in there and you feel it. Right. So I think for players, they love it when they come there and get to perform on that stage. Yeah, the fans would love to see their teams perform at a high level on that stage too. But you know, we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see if that that happens. All right, let's get into some things. So let's talk about last night because last night Steph Curry becomes the three point king. He passes Ray Allen, who was in the building in attendance. I thought this was a great moment. Ray Allen was there. Reggie Miller was there, who knows a thing or two about torturing Nick fans and great performances at the Garden. They were there. Steph does this and becomes three point king. What's the significance? Of this, Gerard, because this, I think there's a great moment in talking about it, but I really feel like part of the thing that you can't ignore here is how fast he's done this. Yeah. Like how yeah. how fast he shattered this record. Your yeah. thoughts? I think the number is he did it in 500 or something fewer games than than, than Ray Allen, which is absurd. Um, Look, it, this is, what this was, was the culmination of what we've known and what we've seen for, I don't know, the past seven, eight years, right? Where we've said... Steph Curry's the greatest shooter we've ever seen pick up a basketball, right? And now that he has passed Ray Allen in terms of all-time made threes, well, it's official now, right? And if he continues to play at this pace, he might put that three-point record made somewhere in the five, 5,000 probably in play, which is absurd to think about considering how the league has evolved. And that's the biggest thing to take away from this. The record's nice and he passed it in the number, but it is the way in which Curry has changed the geometry and the way in which basketball is played. First, the geometry. I mean, for just about anybody in the league, that inside half-court deep logo three is a bad shot. For him, not not at all, right? And what that does is, again, when you're playing defense on him, you have to pick him up further out now. And what that means is they can set screens much higher out. And what happens there is that you as a defender, you overreact to Curry – that Draymond Green slips, they got four on three, three on two behind you, barbecue chicken, right? You're done now because now they're – so he, because of his his three-point shooting uh, ability, because he shoots it at a high rate, and the length, the further distance at which he takes it from the rim, that causes the defense to panic. And it's also the volume, right? It's not like he shoots four a game and makes one. He, I mean, he's averaging 13 threes a game and still shooting 43%. Like, that's right. That's stupid. Right? right. And again, that's what's changed is the volume at which he takes threes. Right. Back in the day, threes were just taken to, oh, we're down by three. We got to tie this game. Take it. Like, that's not a thing now. The three point has been shot as weaponized now. Teams actually look and hunt for threes. 
And uh-huh. Steph Curry was the person that brought that into the league and has rethought what we think in terms of shooting the basketball. I'm glad you brought up the point about volume because I made the same point. I had an appearance on BNC Go last night with my man, Jimmy Walker. I made the same a, a, a point that 13 attempts about that, 43%. Do, do, I don't know if people realize this. Ray Allen only shot only, and I don't want to disparage right, him like right. it's only. He shot 40% for his career. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's 3.2 percentage points higher than him. On right? more attempts. <laughs> on more attempts. Like, that is wildly impressive mm-hmm. when, when, mm-hmm. when you think about that. So you talked about the impact in that. What about Curry's impact when we look at it in on basketball as a whole, right? Like, not just in the NBA and the numbers and the volume, but even the off-the-court ability, yeah. how he's impacted the game down towards younger generations. We look at players like Trey Young mm-hmm. and whoever the next player that's coming mm-hmm. up that's going to be a great shooter. What do you think of his impact long-term just even outside of the NBA? Oh, I mean, he's on the short list, Dexter, of, I don't know, maybe three players, four players that have revolutionized the game, right? Mm. I say Wilt Chamberlain because when after Wilt came, like, we got to widen this lane because <laughs> this dude's too, we can't, we can't stop him. He's just, he's, he's too much. Right. Um, Dr. J, the first player to really play above the rim consistently, right? To bring mm-hmm. athleticism and high flying into the game of basketball. And then Magic Johnson six foot nine, right? That's, that was a big back in 79, 80, right? Someone with size playing the point position who could handle. Um, and now Curry, right? Again, with the way in which he's changed the geometry of the basketball court. When you only had to defend three-point line and in or 22 feet and in, now you've got to defend 40 feet and in, right? That's just more space that you have to worry about. Um, so he, he is on the short list of, again, those, those three men that I mentioned, who have revolutionized the game uh, on a large scale. The other thing is for the NBA, look, diehard fans and people who cover the league like us are going to watch this sport and be engaged in it because that's just what we do. But sport leagues as a whole thrive when they can generate interest from the casual fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Henry Abbott over at True Hoop, my guy over there, we talk about this all the time. We love it, but does your mom or your grandma know about X, right? Moms and grandmas know about Steph Curry, right? And for whatever for whatever reasons they may be, they know that name. And that's what the NBA loves. And so his imagination, the way he plays, the joy and all those things, that is captured, uh, again, casuals and people who may not care about basketball and being like, oh, this guy's quite a show. This is a showman. And I think because ultimately, right, people like a show and like showmen. And that's what he is. And that's, that's absolutely what he is for sure. He's put on a show. For a long time in his career, and it's going to be crazy to see where he can get to uh, in terms of the numbers and everything else. Like you said, five thousand is not out it's of play. the realm. Yeah, it's in play with uh, the pace that he's on. All right, let's move on to some other stuff in the NBA uh, that's heating up, like Curry does a lot from downtown. That's COVID, and this, yeah, you see Gerard's face here if you're watching. This has not been good for the league. Um, we've seen major outbreaks on teams. The Bulls, ten players. Uh, in COVID health and safety protocols, had to cancel two games, postpone, I should say, two games this week already. The Nets, we just saw last night before their game, uh, they had, was it seven, seven, seven players mm-hmm. that were out. They were just able to play with, play with the bare minimum of eight, and they got a win over the Toronto Raptors, which was kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen the Knicks, they've been affected. We've seen the Hornets be affected. A lot of teams going through this right now, how concerned are you 
with where we are with COVID. I don't even know if just even in the NBA, but in professional sports in general right now, it's been to me, it's been quite concerning. Um, Dexter, it feels like March 2020, right? Like how it was when when the first when that Oklahoma City Thunder game got canceled back in March. That's what this vibe and everything feels like. Um, and it's it's crazy right now. Um, the Omicron virus, uh, Omicron um, variant of the COVID-19 virus is spreading faster uh, than any of the other previous variants of the COVID-19 virus, according to the World Health Organization. It's present in every country in the world. And yes, vaccinations, booster shots, we need to do all those things, but it's not either or. It's vax, it's boosted, it's mask wearing, it's washing your hands, it's social distancing. And I think the 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 return of the normal sports calendar has gotten sports fans and everybody to relax and be like, oh, everything's fine now because we're back to normal with sports. And it's like, no, we're not. Look across the NBA, NFL, NHL, EPL uh, in, 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 uh, in England, like all these leagues are having major, major COVID uh, uh, outbreaks. And, that's, and a lot of these leagues are, are boasting 90% or higher vaccination rates. And that is because these athletes are out and about in the world, integrating with all different kinds of people, right? And that's always a telltale sign. If it's happening there, right, that's a microcosm of the larger population. We are also seeing it rise in just the regular everyday population. Now, none of these leagues want to shut down again or lose any money or all that. But these teams are in rough situations. And particularly with the NBA, Dexter, remember, I've said this, I mean, countless times. Sound like a broken record. This is the part of a third season in less than three calendar years, right? In 21 yep. calendar months, this yep. is a part of three seasons. You start cutting these teams down because they can't play because they only have eight guys, nine guys or whatever. That means more minutes, right? Because the league's always going to do whatever's going to not make them have to postpone games, right? So like last night with the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, you got eight players. That's the bare minimum. Cool. Sure. That means Kevin Durant got to play 48 minutes of basketball, including overtime, right? Like, and again, this increases the load on players, and now we're increasing injury rates. It's just, it's all bad right now. And trying to navigate uh, a league through a pandemic is extremely difficult. And, you know, we're, we're seeing it. Look, it's capitalism and the money, you know, we can't stop the flow of the money, but this is a problem. And, you know, sports, the enjoyment of sports, Dexter, is not a right, right? Like, we're not owed that. It is it, it not only is it a privilege, it is a privilege for a society that is highly functioning. No right. man, we ain't that right now. Okay. So right. I think these are things we need to keep in mind when we think about sports. So with that in mind, with saying it's a problem, with saying it's a privilege and a function of a healthy, a health, excuse me, a healthy and functioning society. That's something that sports can exist in. When you look at the current NBA safety measures. The health, the health and safety protocols that exist. Uh, the league talked about increasing testing, right, after Thanksgiving because they expected mm-hmm. this to ramp up through the holidays with the new variant. Are the NBA safety measures working? Should they be doing more? Are they doing the best to protect not only the players? Because I think another point needs to be made here, Gerard, not mm-hmm. just the players, but all the people who work for these teams that mm-hmm. are around mm-hmm. the players, the staff. Mm-hmm. Are the NBA safety measures working right now? I think that's fair, and I don't think enough people are discussing that. Yes, but something you bring up, like, is it's not just the players, right? It's the staff and all the people that are in and around the facilities. What are their regulations and requirements versus what the players are? Now, we know that the 
NBA and the players have put out constantly were 95%, 95%, 95%. Okay, cool. That's 95. That ain't 100. So that means that in terms of players, there's 5% of the players that are unvaccinated, right? No. We just said players are out and about in the world doing whatever. When they play basketball, they are doing what? Coughing, breathing, sweating on top of one one another in close proximities. Dapping each other up post-game, hugging, doing all that kind of thing. We know that the, the disease is highly communicable, right? So, okay, cool. The, the tier one and tier two employees, right, they have to be fully vaxxed. Uh, what's up with these players? We, we know 5% of them are not, right? Number two, um, we know that that was 95% of players that had at least one vaccination. That was not fully vaccinated. They never came out and said 95% fully vaccinated. They said point. one. So, how? Again, I don't know the numbers, but how many decided I'm just going to get one jab and I'm gonna, just going to roll out? And I don't mean one J&J shot. I mean, they took one Moderna, one Pfizer, and then said, ah, screw it. I'm good. I'm just doing what I got to do to keep my money. If there are people in the regular world who did that, why would we assume that there's no one in the, in the NBA who did the same thing? No players, right? Right. right. No, that, no that, 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 that's a great point. Do you feel like they they need to do more in terms of Look, let's just ask, let's just ask the elephant in the room question here is like, do sports leagues and not just NBA need to have a mandate where everybody gets vaccinated? Because I think it's counterproductive to say, let's protect these tier one and tier two employees, or we supposedly care about the players. But like, I don't even know, like, this doesn't even show me that they necessarily care about the players, right? Like, there's there's something weird about that. I'm not going to put out what it was, but you and I were at an event. Yes. And there were NBA players present. For this event, you had to be fully vaccinated to be indoors, right? That was the thing. You had to yep. show your vax card to come in. So everybody we know that was in there that was not a player was fully vaxxed, right? Yep. No masks on. Once the NBA players were set to arrive to the location, Dexter, what did the person come across the PA announcement and say? They, they announced it at that time. Then everyone had to put their mask on. And you and I looked at each other and we were like, Yo, I'm not sure they care about us. <laughs> like that's what I said. I said that. I'm right. not, and, and we're we're not. I'm not here to disparage the event we were at or the team that was affiliated with because this is happening league wide. This is just so we're clear. This is not a one team policy, and this is no shade to anybody that works for this team and this event that we're talking about. But I think your point, Gerard, is what goes to what I'm saying. It's like that's weird. If you're going to care about everybody in terms of health and safety protocols, then we have to take care of the health and safety of all to be a, to your point, healthy and functioning society. And 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 that's my thing. Yeah. Right. And so with all these players, again, we don't know who is and who isn't. Right. And remember, there are New York and San Francisco are two cities that have vaccine mandates. So we knew which players on teams in those cities were and were not. Right. We know Kyrie Irving is not. Right. Which is why he's not playing. And Andrew Wiggins was resisting for the Golden State Warriors, and he eventually, uh, you know, uh, relented and took his and took the vaccine. Again, we don't know if he's fully vaccinated or not. We just know he did at least one, right? And again, th- so all those other twenty-eight teams, they don't have mandates in those cities. We have no idea who is and who isn't, who's taking full vax, and that's the thing about the vaccination: one shot versus fully vaxed versus fully vaxed with a booster, right? Like the more protection. The higher, the, the higher, the, the the less likelihood you have of getting very sick and potentially dying from it. The less, the more likely, right? So for the Nets, for instance, Steve Nash came on the post, uh, the pregame, and said, you know, fortunately, 
everybody's asymptomatic, right? Who, who, who's been in there, which for those guys, right? So that we, we would probably assume they're fully vaccinated, right? Anyone who's actually getting sick, sick though. And again, the league is like being really, we're not hearing that information, right? Right. Um, what that means. Now we know that Jalen Brown did contract it from the Boston Celtics. And he in fact um, was, was dealing with it. And it was pretty sick as was Joel Embiid. Based on comments we've heard from Jalen Brown, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go on a limb and say he was not vaccinated, right? And I'm gonna probably guess the same with Embiid. Yeah, I, and I'm glad you also brought up another point, which is from what Nash brought up. We know what the requirements are in New York, the mandates, and that the players on the Nets are vaccinated, except for Kyrie Irving. The fact that you're seeing a lot of players that are asymptomatic—that's the point of the vaccine. Not here to have a vaccine promo message here. But you know what's great about it? Your symptoms probably won't be that crazy if you get it and you won't die. That's that's huge in terms of the health and safety for all. All right. We can all go on more about the vaccine. Mm. But today, as we were recording this, it's December 15th, which means it's the official, unofficial start of NBA trade season. Why? More players are available to be traded. This matters for guys like Ben Simmons who might get moved. Maybe even Kyrie Irving. There's just more players for GMs to talk about and move at this time. I asked Michael Scott of this when I had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Do you think this will be an active trade season, Gerard? Do you think we will see a lot of activity, especially because of where the league looks right now, where there's a bunch of parity? There are two teams that have separated themselves, but there's a lot of parity after that. So do you think we will see a lot of activity this trade season? Dude, I, I think that, you know, because of the way they've done everything with the lottery smoothing and all of that, there are a lot of teams with the potential to, you know, make the playoffs or make, at least make the play in. And for for owners, they're going to want a piece of that money. Right. So they're going to want their teams uh-huh. to try to make the play in and, and, and make the and, and make the playoffs because, you know, with COVID last uh, the last couple of seasons, they saw a dip in in revenue. Right. So they're going to want to do that. Plus. You know, as much as we lambaste teams for being bad at just about everything, these teams do in some way think and want to win. They're just really bad at trying to figure out how that happens. So, yes, I do think there are – we should see some activity, right? I think – look at the top, Golden State and Phoenix. They've sort of separated themselves and pulled away. I doubt they make any moves just because they're playing so well. And you look at the bottom, right? Detroit, Orlando, uh, New Orleans, Oklahoma City – uh, the Houston Rockets, they kind of got themselves on a bit of a winning streak. Those are teams that are happy to continue their tank for Paolo Banchero and Chet Holmgren, right? Um, but if they have anybody on their roster who may not fit their long-term plans of rebuild, those are people that might be made available. See Jeremy Grant in Detroit. And yeah. Oklahoma City, because of all the draft capital they have, they could be interesting. But again, what would they want to do? Because they're not going to want to bring back any type of big name star unless they know okay we're gonna swing for it go all in and next season we're gonna you know run for making a run at whatever they think they're gonna make a run at so i i do expect the season up and then as you mentioned all the teams bunched up uh in between i think there should there should be some some moves being made all right could be an active trade season with that being said you talked about this uh last night on the seven footers podcast that is available for everyone to listen um Players likely to be traded. There, there could be some big names out there. I mentioned Ben Simmons. Buddy Heald's name has come up. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. might be done in Indiana? We'll touch on that as well, too. There's a lot of players that reported last <laughs> week that are available for them to, to move and possibly rebuild. Um, who do you think is likely 
uh, to be moved this trade season? You know, it's tough, right? Obviously, Buddy Hill is someone we mentioned. Sacramento has clearly made him available. You mentioned the Indiana guys. Look, I'm watching the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum situation in Boston. Two all-NBA caliber wing-type players. On a team like that, you should be better than 500. They're not. Something's going on there. I don't know. Um, Marcus Smart came out at the beginning of the season and said, you know, we know Jason and Jalen are good, but they got to pass the ball more. Like, do we have signs of an alpha struggle potentially happening there? I don't know. But I'm watching that, right? Can they move Jalen Brown for something? I mean, Jalen Brown's proven himself as he's an excellent player and could, could, could bring back a lot. You mentioned Simmons. You know, uh, watch the Kyrie Harden situation in Brooklyn. I doubt Sean Marks makes a move with either of them, but this team has forged a defensive identity and they need another supernova offensive player to go along with KD to get themselves back into, okay, we're back now to be in title favorites. James Harden hasn't played like an all-NBA player. Kyrie Irving hasn't played yet, right? Do they do something there? I doubt it, but just keep an eye on it. The scuttlebutt out of LA that the Russell Westbrook situation isn't working. Do, do the Lakers move Russ? Again, if you're a team, what is it about Russ that attracts you that you want, right? If you are a contending team, right? And, and someone who has shown, who has shown, not shown the ability to change his game to fit what is necessary to win in the postseason. Um, you know, I'm looking also at Orlando, right? Like they're, they're below. Do they say, you know what? We are, we're going to give up, you know, whoever we got, uh, Ross, right? Like what are the different types of players that we know? Okay. This isn't a long-term fit here, but they'd be good on a contender. And that contender would give us some young pieces. They have some future draft picks, what have you. So I'm just keeping my eye on teams that are like, either we think we can compete and we just need that one more. Okay. Who's that guy you can get? I mentioned Jeremy Grant, right? A 20 point Mm -hmm. per game score. And who are the teams that are looking to continue on with their rebuild? Um, th- those are the teams likely to, to, to make moves. Yeah, and I think with the contenders, you're probably looking for them to make some smaller moves. Just to mm-hmm. focus on Indiana real quick, Indiana came out last week as reported by Sham Sharania from The Athletic that they would be looking to uh, – Miles Turner would be available. Demontis Simotis would be available. Brogdon can't be available because he just signed an extension, but also Karis Levert. Do you think they trade all three of the guys that are available now? You could also add in TJ Warren as mm-hmm, a fourth. Mm-hmm. Do you think they look to go in for a full rebuild here, or are they going to try to figure out which one of these guys they want to build around? It looks like a full rebuild, and they're going to have to decide either between Sabonis and Turner, which is the one they want to keep, and how they're going to build their team based around that, right? Miles Turner's come out and said, I want more role in an offense. I can do more, et cetera. It's like, all right, cool, Miles, but – um. If you go to a contender, right, like you ain't getting that. Like nobody's running no touches for you or running any offense through you. Now that he can stay in in, in Indiana and they could build around him, I guess, sure. Um, but again, that's going to require some time and and some some reinvestment in pieces. And Miles Turner, I mean, he's not old, but he isn't twenty two, right? So right. you know how how much of a rebuild does he want to be a part of? I think Miles Turner's best bet would be to go towards a contender. Where listen, dude, you protect the rim, you hit open threes. Like, I mean, and you rebound. Like, I get it. Like, you think you can do more, but if you want to win championships, that's 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 what you that's what you should do and do it well. And you, you get paid really well to do that. So it'll be interesting to see. Look, I love Sabonis. Sabonis, um, but you have to give him a lot of post touches for him to be effective. And yep. then de- defensively, right? 
why people like Turner better is because when teams go small, you don't have to take Turner off the floor because they can nope. switch out, right? Monta Sabonis has limitations, right? You get small, small teams on the floor, they're going to roast him every time they pull him out uh, on the perimeter. So it's a challenge, right? And But in the right system, if you have a team with excellent perimeter defenders, et cetera, you can, you can roll with DeMontis Sabonis. But do you have to give up some of that perimeter defense in order to get him? This is the thing. You can't have everything in the NBA, right? Like right. you got to give something right. to get something. Unfortunately, some people don't, don't want to do that. They want their teams to have it all. They just try to <laughs> put together superstars thinking that it's going to work. It does not work like that all the time. This, I do, I do think, Gerard, because of the way the teams are bunched up, this will be an active trade season because some teams might say, hey, we think we could catch the Warriors. We think we could catch the Suns. Maybe the Lakers think they still have a chance. Some of us don't like what we've seen from them. Uh, you know, it's, or some of the teams that might try to retool and say we don't have it. Let's sell off some pieces. It'll be interesting. But December 15th, important mm-hmm. day, 80% of the league now available for trades. Yep. So that is something to absolutely positively keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we are going to give you our NBA picks. You know, we're going to try to help you win some money. Uh, for the night, we're going to try to do that and see what it is that we are able to do and help you win some money. And we'll talk about all that when we come back on the NBA Exchange. Some are always looking for more sports content. And among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. The Sports Walk is back. Watch Season 4 of Backpack Broadcasting's original, award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets. Literally, in these streets. The first three seasons and current season, with new episodes every Monday, are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. All right, welcome back to the NBA Exchange. Dexter Henry, Gerard Hector with you here on a NBA Wednesday, NBA with nuance. But you know, at the end of the show, we like to give you some NBA picks. Best way you can win some money. We look at some games. We got two each. Hopefully, we do good for you guys this <laughs> week. Uh, looking at some of the games tonight, what did you like? Who are you picking, Gerard? What's your first game? I mean, you took all my games tonight, but I'm gonna go with the <laughs> Hawks and the Magic. Um, look, the 
the Magic, we talked about them, man. Like, they're just, listen, they end them the Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero sweepstakes, okay? They're they're not winning any games. They're just not good enough right now, right? Um, right. The the Magic are 12 and 16 um, against the spread. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, I mean. You, you, you sound like you're struggling there to uh, make a case for the Magic. I mean, look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? They're they're eight they're eight point uh, eight and a half point underdogs. So look, I like the Hawks in this one. Look at the um, the lines, the, the the victory margin. That's where I think you could find some value. Hawks by one to five is a plus four fifty. Hawks by six to ten plus two twenty five. Hawks by eleven to fifteen plus mm. four fifty. I'm gonna go with the Hawks by six to ten at plus three twenty five. I like them to take care of business. Um and and stay within that margin of six to ten and that plus three twenty five is a nice number for you there. Okay, not bad. Plus three twenty five, pretty good uh, odds there. You're gonna take take the Hawks there. Definitely not a believer in the Magic. We see that you nah, are. can't they, can't listen, blame you for that at all. They, they trash. And to be fair, also I want to be fair. It is night two of a of a second night of a back to back, right? Because they were they played in right. Houston. Um, the, the Hawks did last night. Or played at home against Houston. They lost that game. So, you know, I think they want to get that bad taste out of their mouths and, and come out and really take care of the Hawks tonight. Yeah, I, I, I can see that there. All right. Heat Sixers. This is the game I have. I stole this from Gerard. Uh, <laughs> Sixers are five and a half point favorites uh, on bet MGM. Uh, the Sixers, what you got to keep your eye on with this if you're going to bet this. Joel Embiid, not quite sure if he will play. However, the Sixers have been playing pretty good basketball since they got healthy since they've gotten all their guys back they've looked stronger we saw them with a nice win over the weekend against the golden state warriors and in the Miami heat on the other team on the other hand excuse me our friend brian fonseca we all know that's his team (laughs) and he'll be joining me on friday to talk about the heat and i'm sure that will be interesting however the heat just don't have enough right now no bam at a bio uh out right now uh dealing with his injury they've been shorthanded for a while they're trying to mix and match, get it together. Everybody's been banged up. They're not healthy. I like the way the Sixers are playing. I like the Sixers at home. Uh, I think they've been playing well. And I think Joel Embiid should be able to give it a go. Line is five and a half. Again, I would keep an eye on that, depending on whether Embiid will go or not. But I like the Sixers here at home. Give me the Sixers to cover uh, with the five and a half points. I think they're pretty inspired, and they will take care of the Heat who were shorthanded here at home. So give me the give me the Sixers at home to uh, beat the Heat. What you got next, Gerard? Uh, next, look, I'm going to Clippers Jazz. Um, you know, the, the, the Jazz quietly have been, you know, rounding themselves back in a form 19 and 7, number two in the league in adjusted net rating. Uh, they mm-hmm. are nine and a half point favorites over the Clippers. Look, Clippers are playing good basketball, but we know they're struggling, right? And Paul George is out in this game, as is Nicholas Batum. Like the Jazz roll and they roll big here. Um, so I'm looking at uh, anything that would give me uh, wide victory margin plus nine and a half. So take that easy and that's, that's a runaway. But I'm also looking at victory margin and where I can find value. I think this gets a, this gets a blowout. So look for look for the Jazz and a blowout tonight. Jazz and a blowout and they got a big line there. Gerard feeling frisky, ready to ready to take them <laughs> for for the blowout uh, a win. Now, this I'm going to put up. You're going to see this on the screen. It's going to say Grizzlies versus Blazers. Another game I saw my game because man. you knew he was going to go with the Grizzlies. Come on, folks. You know how he feels about <laughs> uh, he feels about the Grizzlies here. Now, the line has changed here. You'll see on the screen it says minus one and a half. It's just been updated 
to minus three and a half, actually favoring the Grizzlies now. So the Blazers were the favorites in here with the Grizzlies. I'll tell you how I was thinking before this. I was going Grizzlies, Team Grizzlies here. Grizzlies have played good. I think the Portland Trail Blazers are absolute dumpster fire. They just played last <laughs> night against the Phoenix Suns and were not able to execute down the stretch against the Suns, who we know are a championship-level team here. And the Grizzlies, I really like what they've done without John Morant, particularly behind Gerard's boy, Triple J. He's been playing well, and it's not just what he's been doing on the offensive end. It's actually the improvements I've seen from him on the defensive end that actually starts with rebounding, finishing on defense that I've really liked. His shooting splits have been tremendous over the past month. If you've been watching any of the Grizzlies, and I actually, the Grizzlies have looked, I don't know how this bodes well for John Morant, but they've looked better defensively without him. Mm. I am not saying that they are better without him, just to be clear. I am not saying that at all. I'm just saying they played better team defense. The numbers actually show this, okay? This is a team, I think, that is unified without their leader going down. Sometimes this happens with teams, and I think they could be better when he comes back. And I think the Blazers, as I said, they're a mess. Stuff's been going on in the front office. Dame's been injured. We don't know if he wants to stay or he wants to leave. I can't bet on the Blazers, and I damn sure ain't betting on the Blazers on the <laughs> second night of a back-to-back. We're not doing that at all whatsoever. So now if you want to take the Blazers, if you feel froggy and want to leap, they're plus 135 on the money line. But I like the Grizzlies to cover here. I trust them in close games. The Blazers have not looked good in close games. Give me the Grizzlies to cover minus 3.5 against the Portland Trail Blazers on the road. Grizzly Cubs. Look at that. Love for the Grizzly Cubs. I mean, Cubs, listen, you know I love anything that's pro Grizzly Cubs. So, yes, take that. You're going to make all the money tonight. That, that again, as I mentioned about that Jazz Clippers game, take that that wide margin of victory, 11-15 plus 425. Nice value right there. Take that's that. That's nice. If you, I, I like that one because I didn't even co- comment on that because, like you said, the Jazz have been rolling. They started off fast, had a slow start, had a, had a couple games where they lost a little bit of a skid, and now they've bounced back. And they look good. I still don't believe in them for the postseason, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but that's not that's not what we're betting on here. Yeah, that's we're betting on the regular season. <laughs> we're, betting on, we're betting on the regular season, and we're look we're looking uh for them to you know help you earn some money tonight. So mm-hmm. believe believe in the jazz there for sure. All right, that'll put a wrap on this show. We want to thank everybody uh for their support. We have a new promo. You will see it in the show uh, links. It's with Prize Picks. Uh, we're doing a partnership with. You do use the promo code NBA EX. And you sign up, and prize picks will match up to your first $100 deposit. So check that out. Details will be in the uh, description for the show. You can see the link and check that out there. If you like the content that we do here on the Props Network Backpack Broadcasting, continue to support. You can hit up our Patreon page. We appreciate that. And thank you to all our patrons who have supported us time and time again. My man, Gerard Hector, you know where to check him. Check him on the 7 Footers podcast each and every week with our homegirl, Jenna Lemoncelli. They talk all about the NBA, really good stuff to talk about. They talked about COVID. They talked about some of the stuff we talked about, trade season. You want some more in-depth stuff on that? Definitely check that out. Also check them out on True Hoop every Friday, 11 o'clock with Coach Thorpe, Henry Abbott. The guys, they do a fantastic job there. Support them. Some, Appreciate that. Fun yeah, too. Y'all, need, y'all, y'all need to do that to support good content. <laughs> uh, we should do that. Catch me. I'll be on the NBA Exchange, NBA Exchange as usual, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, in our hotel podcast with my, with my man Brian Fonseca, who will be joining me on Friday. You know there's going to be a lot of heat talk. <laughs> All also, the heat talk. You, you know what else we're going to talk about, too, right? right violence. Right, violence. violence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's definitely going to be violence. <laughs> yes, there you go. There's, there's undoubtedly going to be a talk about violence, for sure. Why? Because it's Ryan Fonseca. <laughs> it's Gerard Hector. I'm Dexter Henry. 
So next time, we'll catch y'all on the NBA Exchange. <laughs>